I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, the stories we tell and retell and hearing them for the very first time. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode... 381 new to me and the week lapped me just a bit that's my sense today is that the week lapped me when I walk at my little loop I find I unconsciously gauge my walk that way when I'm walking at the same time as someone else and they're going in the opposite direction I notice when we cross paths the first time And then the next time, I think I'm automatically always thinking, hmm, did I gain a little bit that time? Am I a little bit ahead of where I was? There is this sense of measuring pace in this way. It isn't direct. We are going different directions, so I'm not clearly passing someone. When you come from opposite directions, the passing happens more obliquely. It's subtle. It's a little bit of geometry that's playing around in your head as you do that pass. You find yourself trying to figure out how far ahead or behind you might be. I walked a different loop this week a few times, trying to get in even the shortest of walks to feel like I was moving. And one day I passed a man working with his dog, giant German shepherd sitting on the grass And the man was doing something in his truck, and I had to walk right between them. And I will always be afraid of dogs, to some degree. As I passed, I had the sense that he was putting a blue bandana around the dog's neck. And when I got to the far side of the loop, I could see him toss a ball. I passed a car with windows down, an extravagance of goth hair and eyeshadow, nail polish, and smoke. The dog and the car were both still there as I circled around again. This time, an older woman pushing an older woman in a wheelchair were in my path. An impression of pink. Pink sweater, darker pink sweater, an impression of pink. Keep walking. A car pulls past me. Caution, canine, on the side. I puzzle all the way down about the dog and the training that I was seeing. The next day, I walk the same loop, and as I get out of my car, a homeless man staggers past me, burgundy pants, a green coat, black plastic bags. I feel like I've seen him before, but we are several miles from that small neighborhood strip of grocery and coffee shop. I walk, and I notice a man in a riding lawnmower cutting the grass on the slightly sloping hillside of this little reservoir that's tucked right in between two busy streets. I turn my first corner, and I am struck by all of the flowers on the grass today. The sun is shining. It's bright. Grass is green. All of these flowers, the tiny white ones and the yellow ones that we all know from grassy expanses like this. But for a moment, my brain flails trying to pin a name to these. No, not daffodils, no, but daisies. Of course these are daisies, but momentarily I doubt myself. Are these daisies? 
I think back to a long time ago and a gift of a Coke can full of daisies. I look across the grass at the smattering of white and yellow flowers. Are these daisies? Of course. But the word dandelion drifts into my head and suddenly there is a tangle. But no, no, no dandelions you blow. You wish you indulge in something so simple. And as I think it, just ahead, I see dandelions in the midst of the flowers. And yes, the yellow ones are dandelions too. We think of the cottony one, the wispy one. There are stages. I keep walking and I walk through an invisible cloud of a smell that is unmistakable. There are three teens sitting in the grass to my left, smoking. The smell is so heavy. So heavy. I keep walking and I run into an older man with a walker and a small white dog. As I get to the end of the loop, the homeless man is now asleep on the hillside. Head covered, body curved almost into a C-shape. Right there on the side of the hill in the grass. Just feet from the man who is mowing. I worry for a minute about this, and then I push the thought aside and keep walking through the haze of smoke again, past the man with his dog. This loop is very different from my other loop, but even a few circles help clear my head. These details, they are small. They're dominoes in a span of 15 minutes. They don't warrant recording or commentary, or sharing on a podcast, really. But somehow, there's something so wonderful about these little things. When I sit down later to take my notes Linda Berry style, I might forget most of these. And I wish that wasn't so. I wish I could remember them. And yet, I wonder about the why of that. There are billions of individual moments in a life things we could see or did see or might see, so many, and so little time to record and reflect and remember. It is ironic, really, that so often when I sit down at night to work in my illustrated journal, I draw a blank. There is something very different in the way words rise up, form, and fall to the page when writing versus working in an illustrated format, a journal of sorts. So very different and so much more in my control, this writing thing. And true, hundreds of words can be held in a very small space. In the journal, something changes and all of that changes. It's all very different. And that, of course, would be a detour Definitely a detour. Someday I will wander. There have been birthdays. It is that month. Birthdays and a visit with the birthday boy. There have been things said that shouldn't have been said. And there have been tricky moments and scary moments and heated moments and weepy moments. And most of those were all adult moments. But there have been a lot of moments. None of these things are really related to the birthdays. And yet the week has had me thinking about last time, the last trip and getting pregnant. It's all a tangle in my head because as so many things have, it got wrapped up with other medical problems that are separate from it, 
but part of a new storyline overall. And we drove back from that trip, the curviest of roads. That is almost all I remember now, the frightening curve of that road through the trees. That road. We drove back and we made a pit stop to the ER. And when I look back now, the two things are forever linked for me. That pit stop at the ER and getting pregnant, it's one of those 50-50 moments. A moment that should have been unequivocally positive, but that is counterbalanced. It's not something I think about often. That moment, the way those things lined up in time and all happened at once. It's a lot of years ago. That sequence. There have been countless health moments some before then and lots after. But this year, and especially with this birthday, things have had the eerie feeling of full circle. It isn't a direct overlay. It's not really a complete deja vu. Just this sense of the timing again of all these years and the ever-looming specter of turning to stone all these things that are all related. And this year, with this birthday, I don't know. I really, it hit. And I sat and I thought about it. And I made a few notes. I was listening to a speaker a few weeks ago. And he was telling a story that was new to me. I didn't know these things about this speaker standing before me. And I was grateful to be hearing his words and better understanding who he is, how he came to be standing before me, wondering about his journey and his doubt and the choices he has made. I wish I had known him for years and years. I want to listen to him and I am somehow fascinated and somehow riveted in the listening. And as he told this story, he pulled his glasses off at one point and he laughed And he acknowledged that many people have heard him tell the story before. But it was on his mind, or it was just the right tie-in that Sunday. And I was struck so profoundly by that moment, by hearing him say that. Because in that moment, I was someone sitting there listening for the first time. Someone sitting there listening who had not heard the story before retelling it even at the expense of others having heard it gave me the chance to hear it and probably others too such a powerful recognition that looping back and retelling stories isn't necessarily bad in certain settings it can be powerful and when you are talking to groups large or small it may be that Some of the people in that group will have heard your story, and some will have not. In certain settings, it can be powerful. It opens the door for someone who doesn't already know. I often worry. I really do worry. There are so many stories from the years of the CMP that drift in and out of my awareness. Little bits in and out of these shows. I would like to recapture the magic of those fairy lights with the boys, Be again in the moment of seeing those beautiful fallen flowers on my way to tea that day. I think of the sailor's crystal, a beautiful blue prism, and I know the stormy circumstances that led to me buying it. 
There have been so many stories. That little pencil with the little, little leads that were strapped onto the side, taking photographs in the mornings at the dog park. So many stories. And only some of you have heard most of those stories. But I feel bad always if I retell something. I often fear that I am retelling things and have just forgotten, which is worse and frightening in its own way. But I do feel bad about the risk of repeating myself over and over and over and over. There's always going to be some level of repeating. I am in a lane, and so there will be some repeating. But it probably happens a lot that I retell things. Some of you, only a few, but some of you, some, Elizabeth, Opal, Kristen, Tammy, and a few others have been listening a very long time. You probably have heard all of the stories, and some of you discovered the show just in the last few years, but you were able to go back and listen to some of the really old shows before I took them all down. I worry about putting long-time listeners off by repeating myself, but there are others of you who have never heard these things, never heard these shows. For the most part, they're kind of lost to the years. I'm not going to go back and repeat all of those stories, but sometimes they just little slivers come in here and there. Those of you who are new to the show know me as I am right now. You probably don't know this or that. You think you know me based on what you think you know about me right now and the kind of art I do right now. So if you've been listening for the last year, you probably only know me as someone who draws and someone who primarily draws portraits. Over the course of the CMP, it's definitely a newer development. It's definitely not the sum total of me wouldn't even be the sum total of the journey. I've been living my creative life all these years right along with you and changing and evolving and struggling, dipping in and out of these margins as the rest of my life has continued in parallel, shrinking in many ways, but always moving forward. There is always the risk of living too much in the past or struggling to recapture or record or remember the past, there is always that stereotypical character at a dinner party who embarrasses a partner or family members by telling the same stories over and over. It makes you cringe, that retelling, that telling and retelling and retelling. And yet, for someone sitting there, the story may be new. Things sometimes get a little complicated, right? Most days, I don't know what my story is. I'm not sure I have one. Which, as a writer, may be the most frightening thing of all. But as someone keeping a journal, an illustrated journal, a visual journal, I sit down at night and I think of what I want to put on the page. And sometimes I just feel blank. The workday exhausts me. The unsettled feeling of these days presses down on me. It is heavy. On days when I try to do a Linda Berry-style diary, I often realize, sadly, that I can't think of the things that go on those lists. What I did and what I heard, what I saw. And in truth, on some days, I haven't heard anything that would be recorded 
often that is the case. I drop off, I pick up, I work from home all day. That is the day. I'm not in a position to overhear things. And I'm often only out and about for 15, 20 minutes trying to see what I can see. Moving on from the list, I look at my sketchbook journal and think, what should I record tonight? Because I want to record something. I want my hand moving and filling space. I want to go back to the ease with which I used to record days. There have been many iterations of that, different approaches and styles, all within a general rubric. But I think sometimes about how I used to record our trips to Oregon, cartoon style. I didn't have all the hangups then that I think I have now. I just did it. I just, true. And I wish I could recapture or retap that freedom. I think of months when I did even a single panel a day, some of my most favorite recordings ever. And something shifted. There was a point. There was something new that came into the picture and then things got all jumbled up and thrown together and blended and merged. And I came out on the other side, but I'm not sure I came out in the space that I wanted to be in. I landed in a bit of a a puddle. Can't quite seem to get back to where I was and I can't quite seem to make my peace with where I am. But I work in this journal every day And I have to say, I love it. It is my favorite thing. And yet some days I do wonder what I should record. How to fill this space. If I was typing, the words would just tumble. There is something different about the illustrated journal sketchbook space. A few words takes up a lot of space. Think through what they will look like or what they will say or what they will suggest or how they will be misinterpreted. There are hundreds of us all doing the same thing. Maybe thousands. Probably more. And some people want desperately to think they are the only one. And some, on the other hand, want just as desperately to prove that they are doing exactly what everyone else is doing and everything that everyone else is doing. Some people can't see someone else's story or witness someone else's story without the me too. And some days I find all of it exhausting, but I keep my hand moving as much as possible at night. I keep thinking about these little details and the big ones and the things people think they know. I think about what it means to put yourself out there, what you want and what you expect and how it feels when that doesn't work. I can completely understand writing in some form of code so that you can share the aesthetic without the detail. I see people being shut out ever so subtly all over the place in so many ways. I see people mentioning wanting to do something and then someone else does it. And for one person, that might be something that might take days and someone else does it right away or does more than one effortlessly. All of these things are always happening. It's this constant tug of war and tension, this being a creative person in a creative life, in a creative margin, in a creative space, in a creative community. 
living a creative life alongside everything else going on. Struggling to keep your balance, find your lane, find your path, figure out how you want to meander or how you want to go in a circle or how you want to loop or spiral, figuring out your trajectory and your exploration, what the markers are of your quest, why it matters to you, why you do what you do. Sometimes it's a very convoluted thing we do. And sometimes I think the attempt to make those connections is far more complicated and difficult than it should be. I think about the woman who is often at my walking loop. I think about her even measured pace. On the weekends, she walks with someone, maybe a daughter. There's a stroller. There's a toddler. And they talk all the way. I have this impression of her nodding as she walks by, talking to this other woman and nodding. But on other days, she is alone. And she walks counter to me. She always walks the opposite direction, hands behind her back, clasped behind her back, head down, a hat, dark clothes always, and this slow, measured pace. But steady. And I cross paths with her at different points each lap. And I know that I am gaining on her with every lap. But every time I pass, I wonder about her story. So three things, three things. It's taken me a long time to get to three things, which is kind of funny. I kind of love that. I love thinking, okay, I will do and incorporate three things. But first, I'm going to get there. And really, the show is in the getting there for me. Maybe for you, it's these three things. I really hope that you're tuning in because you just like to listen to the getting there. Three things. I'm kind of feeling like I need to get back to that getting there, to my own headspace with these stories, to not overthinking what I think you want or don't want or why you do or don't listen or why the show is or isn't. I think I just have to push all that aside just put myself in a box and talk. So things may feel and may end up a little more essay driven. That is me. And that is my voice. And that's my perspective and my weaving. My weaving of words and moments and stories and the philosophical threads of living and coping and balancing And why is this not the art that I share and show? That thought keeps coming back to me. When I sit down and get ready for this show, that is me doing the art that is most, most central to me. Why is it not the art that I share and show? And then immediately I hear this little voice say, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't that what this is? All these shows. Uh, And if only this was all somehow in a book, right? Right. There are so many dominoes. So many dominoes. 
but they just don't ever line up. Three things. These are going to be super, super short. Three things. There is a top nine coffee mugs thing going around on Instagram, and I'm going to talk about it separately, probably, and that's because it actually relates to my list. So I might end up talking a little more about it, but I wanted to mention it here. Kristen clued me into it and it's an awesome thread and very fun to browse. I will link the hashtag in the feed in the show notes, but I hope you stop and take your top nine too, a photo of your nine most used or nine most favorite coffee mugs or tea mugs. And you might want to take that a step further and illustrate that as well. You can do that however makes sense for you. But the photo of the nine mugs is a pretty nifty little grid. They are very cool. Definitely a lot of history is wound up in these mugs. And there have been a whole bunch of CMP shows exactly about that. If I was going to retell you some stories, I think it might be about those coffee mugs. I do indeed. So that was number one. Number two, and I came back here without the books in hand. So I don't have them even to flip through. I don't even have notes. I just want to mention two books. This will be two and three. My soup is on. So I am recording at a very odd time and I need to go in and finish things up for dinner. But number two, this is a book that I was really excited to get. I had put it on waitlist even before it came out. And I think that many of you will enjoy it and you're going to want to look at this. So I'm just going to mention it now. Go ahead and put it on reserve at your library and bring it home and see what you think. This is a field guide to color, a watercolor workbook by Lisa Solomon. And it just came out last August. And this is a watercolor workbook. It actually has pages in it that you can do some of these exercises and color meditations on. Some of you know Lisa Solomon from Creative Bug. You may have taken her classes. She actually has a color meditations workshop there too. So you might be familiar with her. She's great. And I think you will enjoy this book. I think you're going to want to look through this for sure. And in pulling the link for this, I saw, maybe I knew this, I have to see if my library has it, but I saw that Josie Lewis has a book out as well from 2018. I have to check. I would think if my library had this, I would have checked it, but I haven't been in a painting mode. I haven't been in a painting mode, but oh, I just have to say, biggest thing that is pulling at me to do is to get paints out. Uh, yeah. It's very specific what's in my head, but I'm still in the trying to convince myself to get up and do it mode. But anyway, there is a book by Josie Lewis called The New Color Mixing Companion. Explore and create fresh and vibrant color palettes with paint, collage, and mixed media with templates for painting your own color patterns. So I will link that. You should check and see if your library has it. I have not seen this in person, but I follow Josie Lewis at Instagram. And I love what she does. She does a lot of videos and a lot of talks. And I find her very compelling and very interesting. And so you might want to check out this book if paint and or color is your thing. 
even though that was two books, that was number two in my three things, because number three is a book that I'm going to take back. I've had these books out forever. I kept thinking I would do a stack day in the CMP group, but I just keep shuffling parts of the stack back every week and some things have just lingered, like this one. This is How to Draw Inky Wonderlands, Create and Color Your Own Magical Adventure by Joanna Bassford. And we have talked about a bunch of this kind of book, especially over the last year. There have been some other shows, and I think you might want to look at all of those. So this is one that if your library has it, check it out. You might know her work. She has all kinds of thematic coloring books, I believe. World of Flowers, Magical Jungle, Land, Sea, and Sky. She has a bunch of stuff. But this one is actually a how-to. It has step-by-step directions for how to draw all kinds of flowers and vines and different things that would be in an inky wonderland. So if that's your thing, that kind of doodling, then this is one to check out from your library. I am the art. The art is me. And that is it for episode 381. I know. I'm just a rambler. Yeah, you stick me in a box, this could get even worse, and it could get all weird. Who knows? Because I think my filters are eroding. I don't know. I probably need a filter change, sort of like you need an oil change or an air filter change. I need a filter change. Why is it not the art that I share? I'm thinking an awful lot about that. And what is my story, and what story do I have to tell, and do I have any story? That worries me so much. But I will always be able to pull together an intro. So I appreciate that you are here listening. If you made it this far, thank you. I'm Amy, and you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. Show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidless. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. Thank you to the small group of you who support the show at Patreon and make this show possible for everyone else. I really appreciate your belief in me and your support of the CMP. That is at patreon.com slash creativity matters. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone.